Teens Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queens Lead Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody to a special bonus episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton, and this is my guest, Kimberly Holmes. We are coming to you from sunny, balmy Costa Rica, <laughs> and we are at our second annual Commitment Summit. Our company, Height, sponsors this event. It's our second annual, and we bring together a group of marketing uh, professionals and digi digital agency owners, other M&A people. Uh, we bring in uh, speakers such as John Maxwell. We've already heard from him and Jimmy Darts. We've heard from Kevin Harrington this morning, and yesterday we got the pleasure of hearing from one of my fangirls um, completely. I'm totally fangirling over April Sunshine. Hawkins with StoryBrand, and we have also brought Kimberly and her team down here. They are with, with Marriage Helper, and as you can clearly see, we are very committed, and one of those things that we are committed to at height and with our mastermind is our marriages and our relationships with everyone, but especially our marriages. Uh, my husband Joseph and I are partners in life and in business and in every way, shape, and form, and we are constantly accused of being some kind of in, in some sort of cult or something. How in the <laughs> hell do you two work together so well? You must be some kind of unicorns in your relationship. Yeah. And that's just not the case. And really, we work at it. We work, our business works because our marriage works and our marriage works because we work as people together and we that. know who we are. So welcome that. to Queen's Lead. I'm so excited to hear you and your family's story. Thank Tell you. us what is Marriage Helper? Yeah, thanks for asking. So at Marriage Helper, we exist to support, save, and strengthen, strengthen marriages to last a lifetime. But I got to tell you the origin story for it to all just... Please do, because when I read this last right. night, I was in tears just prepping for this. Yes. So back, uh, Marriage Helper actually started way before Marriage Helper started in the sense that our founder, Dr. Joe Beam, back in the 1980s, he was an extremely successful pastor, actually. And at kind of at the height of his career, if you want to say it that way. And it was during that time that he actually fell in love with another woman and left his wife and his two daughters to go and mm. live this life that he thought was going to be greener on the other side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what he came to find out over those three years is that he ended up becoming a person that he didn't even like or know yeah. anymore. Who is he, this guy? Yeah. Like he lost his faith. He became an alcoholic. He went places he never thought he'd go, did things he never thought he would do, yeah. and just ultimately became that person, lost mm -hmm. everything. And over those three years, uh, he woke up one day, realizing it took yeah. more than that, but he woke what up one day. Right, but really, and yeah. he said, I want my family back. Yeah. So he called his ex-wife at that time, they'd been divorced three years, and he asked her if she would take him back, and everyone in her life told her not to do it. Girl, don't you even. I That's can hear right. her mama, her right? best friend, right. her everyone going. Mm. Actually, her best friend said, if you take him back, I will never be friends with you again. Oh, my gosh. But she took two weeks. She prayed about it. She thought about it. And she said in her heart, she just knew yeah. that he was a good man who had done a lot of bad things, but he deserved a second chance. And her daughters deserved 
to give him a second chance to. Exactly. Yeah. So they remarried. They made it work the second time. And about 10 years after their remarriage, well, more than a, a year after their remarriage, they had me as a celebration of their second marriage. Yeah, there it is. There it is. The third daughter would <laughs> not exist without this forgiveness and this I, beautiful story. I know. I know. It is why I'm so passionate about what we do at Marriage Helper, because yeah. I would not be here if it weren't for two people who decided to make it work in the midst of hopelessness. The yeah. world thought it was hopeless. Yeah. But God had a different story. But God. But God. Yeah. But and God. aren't we all that? I love that your values are so upfront and so forward facing to say, look, man, we screwed this up and we screwed up big time. Yeah. I read in a book one time talking about this pastor who'd fallen into addiction to pornography mm -hmm. and his wife had left town and he threw away the magazine in the dumpster. Mm -hmm. But he went back to the dumpster. Mm. And the point was that we all have a dumpster pastor in our life somewhere. We're all digging yeah. into this nastiness that is our humanness. And yeah. most people are not willing to put that out there so bare. Yeah. And I value that so much because we're all so broken and so lost and think it's over when crap like that happens. But you know what? It's, it, that is why, this is, continuing to talk about marriage specifically, I believe that's why people continue to get divorced when things get hard because yeah. they've not seen pictures of how to turn it around yeah. and make it work. Mm -hmm. Because all we see on social media are the right. things that people will talk about Absolutely. are the highlight reels Absolutely. and the good things. But marriage, it takes work. Yeah, that shit's hard. That's yes, the reason I stand absolutely. up and say, I was an addict. Me too. This is yes. what recovery can look like for you. Yes. This is what amended marriage and forgiveness yes. can look like for you and your family. That's right. It's important to That's stand right. up and say, I am the one and you are the one too. Yeah. This is all of us. Yeah. So that's how, mm. so, so 10 years after their reconciliation, Ugh. they, my dad was very unfulfilled in his corporate world. He was doing yeah. sales training for big corporations like Sears and Delta and mm. making a lot of money, yeah. but extremely empty on the inside. Yeah. And so they, they came together and said, what can we do to help people not have to experience the pain that we went through and the pain that my two older sisters went through? Yeah with their divorce. And so from that, they started Marriage Helper. We have a three-day workshop, coaching, online programs that have over 70% success rate at saving marriages that everyone else has given up on. Wow. Yeah, wow. we've been doing it for 24 years now. And they are in Nashville, or very near We're, Nashville? Yeah, so our company, our headquarters is based in Nashville, mm -hmm. but our clientele that we serve is international. Okay. We want to see divorce eradicated and realizing it's not just about keeping people together in unhappy marriages, but what could it look like if every marriage was loving and fruitful and healthy and thriving? Like, yeah. what could that mean for society? Yeah. What could that mean for us as individuals? Mm -hmm. And I know that you have been divorced in your past yes. and you know the, the heartbreak that comes with it. Absolutely. You have an amazing marriage now though, yeah. and you know the amazingness that comes from it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not to say to people who have experienced divorce that there's any kind of shame there at mm -hmm. all. But imagine that world if that wouldn't have had to happen. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think one of the biggest things from my divorce that I learned was learning to, to accept my responsibility, in it, mm. my responsibility in it, mm -hmm. um, to overcome that. For anyone that doesn't know who's listening to my podcast so far, I fell in love with my uh, junior high sweetheart. We met when we were 12. We were married together almost 20 years. Married 10, oh. almost two kids, and he was gay. Mm. And I feel like I should have known it. I think I should have known it. But I thought when that happened, I was the only person in the world that ever been through this. And there was a right. whole community of people that had been through it before. Yeah. And I still had some responsibility in that. It wasn't my fault yeah. that I had responsibility. 
Do you think that, that people just need to, um, to learn to kind of see their part in a relationship instead of just constantly oh, a finger? Could that be maybe a first step for some yes. of us in crisis? Amy, 100% <laughs> that is correct. It never fails that the majority of the time when people come to me and they're like, my marriage is like, there's something wrong in my marriage. The laundry list of things they'll talk about mm -hmm. is everything their spouse is doing wrong. Yes. Or if they would just change or she's the problem or he's the problem. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line of it is they may be a problem. For sure. <clears throat> We're all a However. set of problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. However. And that's it. Like we, it's amazing the things that can change in our marriage when we begin to change the things within ourselves. Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of that, here's the best way that I can explain it. When we think about conflict, when we think about communication, typically couples get into this like conflict dance mm -hmm. where they, they'll say the thing that ticks the other person off and like you know the buttons to press oh, and yeah. you know how it's gonna go. Mm -hmm. But to change that dance, all it takes is one person to stop their part of the cycle. Correct. And that's true in our other actions and behaviors in marriage as well. Mm -hmm. what, what can perpetuate the process to, yeah. to change is us changing our part in it first. Yeah. And we only have control <coughs> over ourselves. We Correct. can't control our spouse. Mm -mm. We've probably tried. It doesn't work very <laughs> that well. That does not work. Not no. at all. No. But when we can change ourselves and look inward first, it's amazing not only what can change in the marriage, but the, cha the positive change that happens within us. Absolutely. Yeah. When Joseph and I got together, my now husband, uh, we've been together six, seven years, married five, yeah. and um, he was used to, his ex-wife was very volatile. It was a lot of yelling. And yeah. the first time that we got into a little tiff, he grabbed the dog's leash and started walking out the door. Mm. And I, I, I stopped him physically and I said, listen, if you need to take a break or a walk, by all means do so, but please let me know because I have abandonment issues. And when you walk mm -hmm. out the door, right. it makes me feel like you're giving up on this relationship. If you need yeah. 20 minutes, say, you know what? I'm gonna take 20 minutes, I'm gonna go walk the dog, I'll be back and let's talk. That's totally okay. And he went, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do with this. I'm not, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Let me get 20 minutes, we came back. And he's like, I'm sorry, I was used to being explosive and having to leave because I was expecting a fight. Yeah. And so that opened up the door to communicate and, and say those things that are so hard to say. You know what? I feel really alone when you walk out the door, even if it's just for a walk with the dog. That scares me. Yeah. But that's the healthy way to do it. Yeah. Right? To actually voice some of those unsaid expectations that, that we have. Or expectations. Hello. Yes. Hello. How many fights did that cost me in my first marriage? I can't even tell you. That causes fights in most marriages. Oh There's, it's the unsaid, unmet expectations that we are holding the other person to that yes. many times they don't know. Give some examples of that because I know well what oh, that meant goodness. for me, but I think we are blind to some of those things that we would just normally expect from a partner that if you don't communicate that, yeah, so give some examples of those ones you've yeah. seen maybe. Well, I mean, so uh, this can be as kind of, I don't want to use the word shallow because that's not the correct word, but this could sure. be kind of as surface level as mm -hmm. how we're going to eat dinner or how mm -hmm. we're going to, like, are we going to hang out on the weekends? What's work schedule going to look yeah. like? But it can be as deep as kind of what, um, what you said, like I've had major issues from my past mm -hmm. and I have deep vulnerabilities. Yeah. And so if, if you do certain things, I'm so, so uh, the example you just gave was actually a great one. People who fear abandonment. So my sister, for example, when, mm -hmm. cause she experienced the divorce of my parents and I didn't. So one of her unsaid expectations was, was that I am scared of you leaving me. Yeah. And her husband in the first couple of years in their marriage tried it in acting. 
And so he would go out and there were certain scenes where he would be, uh, I say intimate, not sex, but like they would, he would have to kiss other women or things like that. And she wasn't saying because she was scared. Well, if I tell him this, he might get mad at me and leave me. But if I don't tell him this and he falls in love with someone else, Mm -hmm. then he might leave me anyway. And she was stuck in this like perpetual sense of fear and jealousy and anxiety. Like, what if he fall, What if he likes them yeah. better than me? Yeah. And so Kevin Harrington just said it. His wife didn't want him to be on Dancing with the Stars because they dance too close together. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. And so, but it's so talking about those putting those expectations out there. Let's talk about about what boundaries look like in that kind of situation. Right. Like in a healthy relationship. Hey, I understand you want to be in acting, but let's talk about mm-hmm. what we're both comfortable with and yeah. how we can protect our marriage mm-hmm. in this process. Should should you take scenes where you kiss another woman? That's something to be discussed. Like Absolutely. let's and if that happens, then can we make sure you're not talking about like your feelings and emotions in personal life because that's how exactly. attraction starts that's and right. you can begin to fall in love. Like mm-hmm. so we just need to make sure those boundaries are set. So <laughs> how do we make sure so but that's it. We're scared to to talk about our expectations mm-hmm. because we fear it might push the other person away yeah but when we don't it pushes them away mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, it, but there has to be the trust on the other side and the healthy communication mm-hmm. to make it work yeah and I mean like you said outside of those deep rooted fears just the thing like how mm-hmm. are we going to eat dinner when are we going to go to bed do yeah. we go to bed together right I recommend that you do please what is with these couples where the man yeah. stays up till 1 a.m. watching TV and the wife goes to bed and reads and they never, ever, ever have sex and they wonder, yeah. oh, my God, I can't stand that guy. Well, gee, no crap. You spend no yeah. time with him. Yeah. No intimate time outside yeah. of talking about the kids and the job and the grocery list and the lawn and all the other crap that has to happen. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, even so in my marriage now, I can't even fall asleep if he's not in bed. Same. I know that he's not. I cannot travel alone. I'm just like, okay, yes. we're going to be 15 again. I'm going to fall asleep on the phone, right. but on Zoom this time so you can be adjacent. Aww. It's hard, so you know? Yeah. But yeah, it is hard. But just like you said, uh, so sex you said hey we could talk about sex yeah on let's podcast. talk about it baby that's let's another huge unmet expectation like huge a, yes yeah. and there tends to be a conception or a preconceived notion that men are the ones who want it all of the time mm-hmm. and when it but it really varies by person Definitely. and it doesn't just have to be the men there's a lot of women that have higher sex drives than men mm-hmm. and in cases like that it's having the open conversation of like are we going to be spontaneous? Do we want it planned? Do you need forewarning? Like it, yeah. it's some, it's not necessarily sexy to talk about those no, things. No, it's not. It's hard. But if you want to have a great sex life, then it's one of those necessary conversations. That's Let's right. talk about what great sex would look like in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can I just tell the, the audience yeah. during sex or just before or after sex is not the time to talk about this. Yeah. The time to talk about this is <laughs> when you're really fully dressed, point. sitting across from one yeah. another and go, you know what, this is gonna be a really hard conversation, but yeah. I have some needs that like I'd like to share with you and see what mm-hmm. you're open to in our mm-hmm. in our bedroom. Can we talk about that? Yeah, and such a great and way as well to say Chances are your partner's going, oh my God, thank God, I wanna talk about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but and so, you did it in such a great way. I have some things I want to talk about. I have some needs, like putting those I statements in mm-hmm. as well. Not, like, you aren't doing it for me, bro. We right. got to talk. <laughs> Not going to make your partner way. feel good. Men have needs, and one of those yeah. needs is to feel masculine yeah, and supportive that's right. and that's right. like they're providing for you not only financially and with other things but that they're rising to the occasion mm-hmm. as your man and as they get a little older that need increases I feel like at least mm-hmm. in my relationship mm-hmm. so absolutely you have to it's a synergy absolutely to be there absolutely all of what we're saying I mean if you really think about it it boils down to the intentionality of 
of yes. it. In our businesses, there's a lot of, all of your business leaders looking to be business leaders. We take such intentionality in our business to do yes. yearly planning, quarterly planning, yeah. metrics, right? Yes. We have yes. all of those things. But then so many people just expect their marriage to just work. Just work. It doesn't just work. It no. takes the same intentional That's thought right. process, planning, right. having the difficult conversations, working through the issues in order for it yeah. to be healthy and great. What did John Maxwell just tell us? It's all uphill. Mm -hmm. Anything we're oh, doing absolutely. is all uphill. It's all uphill. It's all when uphill. you expect it to be uphill, not expect the worst, but just expect those challenges, yeah. then you can navigate them. And you have to plan that. I mean, your, your marriage is not going to just happen. Nothing great just happens. No. If you're doing quarterly planning financially, plan, you know, what are we going to do this year together? Yeah. What are we going to learn and challenge Absolutely. ourselves with together? Absolutely. But let's talk about some of those marriages that might be in that like real crisis state. Yeah. Not just like how to maintain something good, but what mm -hmm. happens when we're like, I, I love him, but I don't think I'm in love anymore. These feelings are like, I'm thinking about the D word. Maybe I've yeah. said it. Maybe they've already talked about it. How do you start to take, other than, of course, going and signing up for their three-day uh, right. class, which I highly suggest you do, but what are some steps in those opening conversations that they can start to try and mend that and work through it? Yeah. So whether it's the person who's wanting out or the person who's wanting to make it work, one of the first steps that we recommend, well, actually, the first step that we recommend is to calm down, to get calm. So yeah. to not let emotions guide your decisions. Mm -hmm. So do what you need to do to get in a state of mind to where you can get to the second step. I'm, I'm actually taking you through the seven steps to rescue a okay. marriage. There we go. <laughs> so, so the second step is to get clarity. So once you can't get clarity if you're too emotional. Yeah. So get clarity on what is the real issue. So a lot of times, let's take an affair for an example. Okay. Or, or an addiction. Uh, I'm going to stick with affair. We'll talk about affair. addiction. Um, <laughs> so let's take an affair for an example. A lot of times people will say, well, that is the issue. It is an issue, yeah. but it is likely not the core Something issue. Way back here. Right. Every, I mean, every once in a blue moon, it, it really is a, a, a one night stand, a, mm -hmm. a wrong place, wrong time with, you know, someone was like every yeah. once in a while. Sure. But the majority of times it is because there was an unmet expectation, an unmet need and yeah. a frustration in the marriage mm -hmm. that culminated into this happening it yeah. doesn't justify it it's never justified correct but if we can at least just look at it mm -hmm. black and white say okay let's get clarity on what the real issue is yeah. maybe it was that one of them has felt controlled and dominated for forever yeah. maybe it's that they they felt like there was a lack of sex or a withholding of sex or whatever it might be mm -hmm. you have to get clarity the third step is to stop doing the things that push your spouse away <laughs> and start doing the things that will pull your spouse towards you. Yeah. So one of the things you'll hear- It's so hard when you're pissed. It, it <laughs> really right? is. It's so hard. Because we, we live in that kind of vengeful mindset right? of like, yeah. I want to bring justice into this. I'm going to sit here until they come to me, and the other yes. one's sitting here until they come to me. Yeah. But it's just going to keep you stuck. Yes. It takes the person who's more mature in the moment, who mm -hmm. is more willing in the moment yes. to turn it around. And that's the way I, I try and help people reframe it. Yes, like you, you have it sucks you're in this situation right now, <laughs> yeah. but if you can think about the future of your that's family right. and the future of your marriage. Do you want it better? You're the strong person who Take could be, who is able to do this right now, to Absolutely. stop those push behaviors and start the ones that pull your spouse mm -hmm. closer. But even then, and all of those, so those first three steps are the things we do on our own. Yeah. And part of the fourth step. So the fourth step is to forgive and reconcile. Forgiveness needs to happen yes. no matter what, mm -hmm. whether you continue forward in the marriage or not, because staying 
resentful and angry, oh, it's only it hurting you. you. It will. Kill It'll you. drive you crazy. Yes. It, it really will. killed me. Yeah. Absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. So forgive no matter what. But if you're really going to turn the marriage around, then mm -hmm. you need to go through a proper reconciliation process. Yes. After that, step six is about rebuilding your trust with each other because mm -hmm. trust has likely been broken in some way. Yeah. The sixth step is to reignite intimacy and passion. Mm. So it's, a, it's about being best friends again, about yeah. being completely open and honest, about mm -hmm. having a great and passionate romantic life and yeah. sex life. Probably relearning who this person is yeah. in front of you after 10, 20, 30 right. years of living life and yeah. now you're back and you're like, who are we? Yeah. Learning to love one another again. That's right. Mm. And then the, the seventh step is to create your dream life together. So you mentioned it earlier when you were talking, you said, you know, plan, what are you going to do together this year or whatever? Yes. Or yes. it's also actually part of kind of what you and your husband are doing running a business together yes. is your take, you have a shared dream. You have a shared vision. It's something bigger than you that's keeping you focused forward yes. Yes. and not looking backwards. Absolutely. And yes. that is what most marriages are missing. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're always looking forward. That's I mean, right. uh, we even will say we have no regrets. I mean, mm -hmm. he and I are both in recovery for over five years now. And of course we recognize that, but yeah. I don't regret a single moment of any of that. Yeah. And we just keep moving forward. Like you said, in our business and in our, our marriage and just learning to love things again together. You know, he's introduced me to a lot of hobbies he's had. I've introduced him to a lot of hobbies that that I had, but this year together we decided to get scuba dive certified oh my gosh. together because it That's terrified so us both, to be perfectly honest. Like we wanted to push and learn. So neither and grow. of you had done it. Neither it of us had done it. We'd, we'd both done maybe one of the little like excursions yeah, yeah, off yeah. a cruise or something, but that was it. Um, and so we went and, and did the scary thing and learned it together. And now this uh, after this conference today, we're staying a couple extra days and we're going to go oh do it for the first time together in the ocean and be scared together and learn something <laughs> together. That would so, be super fun. You know, that was something we kind of took from Jesse Itzler was one of our speakers last year. And so many things we've implemented over this last year. And I'm stoked to implement even more going home. But one of those things was learn something new every year. Mm. Whatever that is. Something that scares you. Learn to ballroom dance. Learn to scuba dive. Learn to speak Spanish. Learn to do something so that you're always yes. constantly growing. But we choose to do some of those things together because it's... It's developmental, man. You get frustrated, you get pissed off, you're scared, you go through all these emotions, but you're experiencing it, you together. know, as together a as a team. Yeah, that's right. And so. that's so key. Most, most people, life is taking them apart. When they were dating, they were both looking towards engagement. When they were engaged, they were both looking towards getting married. When mm. they got married, they were looking towards the white yeah. picket fence and the two and a half kids and the, yes. but then once you have that, life begins to just take you apart yeah. your careers the kids all mm -hmm. of those things if you don't have something you're continuing to look at together right. that's bringing you together yeah then life's going to continue to tear you apart and I think going back to that I know part of your process is identifying who you are mm -hmm. as a person individually absolutely and we've talked a lot about that at this commitment summit what are we committed mm -hmm. to in our lives mm -hmm. we are committed to um yeah we are, what are we committed to individually as human beings and I mean I'm committed to helping people um, be themselves, just to be their most genuine selves yeah. and overcoming those failures with hope mm -hmm. and purpose in their own lives. Joseph is committed to being present in interactions and with all of his relationships and authentic. And I think that guiding star helps us to navigate all of these projects because mm -hmm. my kids are a project. This is my keynote speech basically, but my kids are a project. I thought I'd be a mother forever. Well, they're 14, 19 and Joseph's are in their twenties with their own kids. They don't need me, not yeah. really. You know, this business 
it's not going to be there forever. Not when I'm mm. 70 or 80, but I have this guiding star that can help navigate all of those little projects along the way that keep me focused and keep me moving. Um, and then you can yeah. lose any one of those projects and still serve the purpose. That's right. Forward. That's Even right. if you do lose the project of marriage. And it's yeah. possible. If, if yeah. it doesn't work, you're that 25% that it doesn't work for, there's hope in life after that Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It reminds me of what John Maxwell was saying on the first day when he was talking about a lot of times people will set goals, but he, as he's gotten mm. older, has decided, yeah. I want to set growth. I want to right. be a growth mind. I want to continue exactly. to grow in this, realizing yes. I'm never going to be there 100%. That's right. But it's what's going to keep me focused mm -hmm. in growth growing in it and, right. and that's it it's like who's the person you want to be and that's you want it. to become how do you want to lead other people to feel when they're around you yeah. and you don't ever want to cross that finish line because then what that's right then what then what that's I used right. to think when I was young like why do all these celebrities and millionaires why do they keep working well into their 60s and 70s and 80s and now I get it it's a joy yeah. it's a joy to keep moving forward and keep learning and growing and that's why we do the commitment summit so thank you so much thank you Amy. for being my guest Kimberly go and check out marriagehelper.com if your marriage is in crisis, if you have a beautiful marriage that you want to move forward and do better, if you want to be a queen who leads and leads your marriage with brevity and bravery and be able to say, listen, I want this in the bedroom. I want to learn to scuba dive with you. I want to learn to love you again and grow with you. Go to marriagehelper.com. Commit yourself to something bigger than yourself and watch yourself grow. Thank you, Kimberly, for thank being you, a queen Amy. that leads. Oh, thank you. <laughs>